Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Garrett isn't the problem with the Dallas Cowboys. He's not? No. The problem is the guy who you just heard talking. Really? For the simple reason of this, Bucky. Because Jerry Jones has finally gotten frustrated. Finally finally come to his wit's end of this team. And I think a big reason is is this window of opportunity that he felt that Dallas needed to cash in in when you didn't have to pay Dak, when you didn't have to pay Ezekiel Elliott, when you didn't have to pay some of these stars on defense, and now Omari Cooper, when you have that window dating back to a couple of years ago when you were 13-3 and and, and playing Green Bay in the divisional playoff round, you felt like, okay, and we've got to take advantage in these these next couple of years on doing this in in having a winner while these guys aren't making any money. Well, now you've already had to give Zeke his contract. You're going to end up having to pay Dak. You've paid Demarcus Lawrence and there's other money that's going to be figuring out what what Amari Cooper is. The point is this, Bucky, is it was Jerry Jones's timetable and now that the time has run out. But if he has known all along that in, in this time frame, he's the one that's put Jason Garrett in that position. He is the one that has allowed Jason Garrett in that position. So he may say that the heat is on, that they're going to find somebody to to move on if they can't get the job done. Mm-hmm. The point is, is Jerry Jones has allowed Jason Garrett to remain with the Cowboys when there, has been, there have been questions for years about this. And now it gets to the point, it's not because they lose a four-point game to the New England Patriots that we hear that Jason Garrett may lose his job. It's because Jerry Jones ran out of time in his timetable, and that to me, it's all on Jerry Jones's shoulder for not having the ability to recognize and make a move previously because he is the one that kept Jason Garrett employed. Well, here's the thing. Um, I mean, I can see early in Jason Garrett's tenure, yeah, you, you can move on from where he had a three straight eight and eight seasons. However, in the past three years, he's won two division titles. They've gone to the playoffs. They've been one of the better teams. When you look at their quarterback, Dak Prescott, 
Uh, he only ranks behind Tom Brady in terms of the number of wins of a starting quarterback since 2016. If you're Jerry Jones and you're looking at that, that's not grounds for dismissal for your head coach. I think what has happened this year, the Dallas Cowboys have beaten the teams they were supposed to beat, and they've lost to the teams that were even or better. In the National Football League, coaching matters in games where you have good versus good, teams that are even. That's where the coaching separates um, separates the teams. In this last game, and the reason why it was so um, disturbing for Jerry Jones, this was a game when, when you watched the game, coaching was the only difference. The Dallas Cowboys were a more talented team than the New England Patriots. Uh, the Patriots have a better defense, but the Cowboys, man for man, they're more talented than the Patriots. The reason that the Cowboys lost came down to details, and really the details in the kicking game on special teams. Block punt, uh, fielding errors, penalties, burning timeouts, all of those things point back to coaching and a lack of preparedness. I believe that is why Jerry Jones had it. That's why he went off. And I think he wanted to let Jason Garrett know, I am not only the owner, but I'm the general manager. And everything you do is subject to evaluation. That's why he was so forceful in his remarks after the game. And that's that's the issue that I have is I don't think that Jason Garrett has done anything different than what has been in Dallas for the last three years. I think that the recipe for Dallas was always get up on teams, get a lead early, and then you keep on wearing on them, and then that's how they're going to win football games. I don't think that that recipe is – well, maybe the recipe has changed a little bit with the progression of Dak, but I just don't know what makes Jason Garrett different three years ago as opposed to Jason Garrett – right now and and maybe it's maybe it is just the simple fact of a 13 and 3 versus a a 9 and 7 or a 10 and 6 record but the point is is I think Jason Garrett has been the same guy that we've always felt that he is and there was never an excuse for Jerry Jones to fire Jason Garrett but now he has that excuse well to me that lands then on Jerry Jones's shoulder if you were looking for the cop out to make the move if you were really the owner and really the guy in charge if you foresee these issues but said yourself well I can't do it because we're winning this game or we're doing this offensively then that falls squarely on the owner's shoulders but here's the thing because I just outlined to you in the last three years they've won two division titles they have a ton of wins over that period if Jerry Jones pulls the plug on Jason Garrett at that point we would be on here screaming oh my god how can you pull the plug on a winning (laughs) on a winning coach so I think what he wanted to do is one he can't he won't necessarily fire him his contract expires at the end of the season he doesn't have to pick up the contract um, I think he was really trying to give Jason Garrett every opportunity because one thing that does matter in the National Football League is stability. Uh, when you have a stable organization, you don't have a lot of turnover. It allows the franchise to grow. Your players develop in the same system. There's a continuity and chemistry between the front office and the coaching staff. So you're able to really build a team that fits the coach's eye. But I think after 10 years and after what we've seen this year, If the Cowboys don't make a significant run, I do believe you can question whether Jason Garrett is the guy who can get them to the next level. I just think that it it all goes to the top. And when people are put into positions that they don't succeed, I think that a lot of the responsibility goes on to the person who made the decision to put that person there. I know it may seem like it's passing the buck, but Jerry Jones has been very active this week. He's been very vocal this week, Mm -hmm. and I don't think that when you're pointing the finger, we know the saying, there's three pointing right back at you, or four Mm -hmm. pointing back, and that's the case, I think, with the Dallas Cowboys is Jerry Jones has been extremely loyal, but I just don't think that Jason Garrett's Stripes have changed, and if you this was what you were concerned about, if you were waiting for the excuse to fire Jason well, why Garrett, why is it an excuse though? Why is it an excuse? It's a lack of performance. It's not an excuse. Well, if they still may win the division this year, and what are we? The expectation is well, the Cowboys got to make it to the NFC Championship game if Jason Garrett wants to keep his job. They're still leading the division. Yeah. You know, so so I don't think anything has changed I, in that sort of thing. Like it, I, it hasn't, but I, I think what it what has changed is. It's clear and apparent that when they when they can out talent the other team, they win. But when it's even, the coach is not elevating the team to get them those dubs. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So in the in the world of NFL coaching. 
the joke was, well, if you knew Sean McVay or you met Sean McVay, you could get an NFL head coaching job. It was the mm-hmm. ha-ha, funny, funny thing. Well, Sean McVay's season maybe hasn't turned out as well as it it would have expected. Right. But there is one coaching job that I think is turned around in the NFL that has gone better than many people expected. Mm. And that is in Oakland. And I pose this to you. Will we see a shift in veteran coaches getting another chance because of the success of John Gruden in Oakland and what he's done with the Raiders? Because there has been this shift of... We're calling that a success, Section uh, 5? I think it's a great success. But we just talked about the Dallas Cowboys needing to fire their coach in this Section 5. Different scenario from where the teams were. I think when you look at how things have gone in the NFL, when you are trying to find the next Sean McVay, you get into a watered-down product with guys mm-hmm. with maybe not enough experience, maybe not having that head coaching pedigree. I'm not saying that you need to be a head coach previously, but maybe your rise was so quick you're not you're not ready to fill that position. With a former head coach like John Gruden coming back into the game, we were worried that maybe the game has passed him by. Well, the style of football that the Raiders are playing seems to be pretty simple. Give it to Josh Jacobs and and have Derek Carr not turn the ball over. Could we see a resurgence of veteran coaches and other teams follow what the Raiders have done in bringing John Gruden back? Yes. I think we're going to see that regardless of what, uh, what kind of success John Gruden had. I think we have exhausted that young offensive wizardry pipeline. Uh, I think what we found is maybe all those dudes that stood next to Sean McVay aren't Sean McVay. They don't necessarily have the capacity to lead a team. They don't have the ability to elevate their squads through their play calling. Zach Taylor is struggling in Cincinnati. Matt LaFleur has been okay, but that team was kind of primed to win some games. At some point, he's going to have to be able to elevate that team through scheming right now with Aaron Rodgers and some of the holdovers, they've been able to kind of win just because they know how to win. We will now see in the final month of the season, how good of a coach is Matt LaFleur. Um, I, I believe Cliff Kingsbury has actually done a better job than people have expected. I think if you tuned in and watched the Arizona Cardinals of late, he's beginning to figure it out. They've changed how they go about it on offense. Kyler Murray's having a very solid season for a rookie, but that said, I just believe it's time to kind of look for some of those, I don't want to say retreads, but some of the guys that have done it before because there is something to be said for experience and having guys that have had an opportunity to lead, they've learned from their mistakes, and they can come back. Don't forget that the greatest coach in our lifetime in the National Football League, Bill Belichick, failed in his first venture. He was not a successful coach with the Cleveland Browns. He left there, went back, and rejoined Bill Parcells learned not only with the Patriots and the Jets, but then came back as a head coach for the Patriots. And we've seen the success. There is something to be said for having an opportunity to do it, learning from it, recalibrating, and then doing it better. I think there are plenty of coaches out there that in the second go-around, they can do a better job. I think you could even look in Seattle at Pete Carroll, who had two head coaching opportunities yeah. and, and maybe dismissed a, at one unfairly, but there was another opportunity as well where the Jets and Patriots didn't work out, goes to college, comes back. I think you could I think you could see that. Maybe, what, could, could Herm Lewis or Herm Edwards, excuse me, make a jump, or Marvin Lewis, who's coaching with Lewis, Arizona State? I think State? Marvin Lewis could certainly make make a, a return. And I think the thing that will help Marvin Lewis is when people look at Cincinnati and how the bottom has completely fallen out and how the level of success that he had winning four or five division titles, going to the playoffs a number of times, even though they didn't win a playoff game, they're now seeing, man, maybe there's a greater appreciation for the job that Marvin Lewis did and keeping that team around where they could compete to get into the tournament each and every year. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We were together maybe a week and a half ago mm-hmm. I th- when you you would, mm-hmm. did the Sunday show with me with games going on. Yeah. And we had a Lamar Jackson conversation. I think we've had a bunch of Lamar Jackson conversations. You and I, I felt, are on the same page of Lamar Jackson. What I found so surprising was for how many people who wanted to count him out say that uh, what he was doing was smoke and mirrors, that he's not going to last, was how quickly – how quickly it then turned to him being the most valuable player in the league. And I know there are people who stood by their side. I actually had Russell Wilson as the MVP ahead of Lamar Jackson for what he's done with the Seahawks. But to me, it seemed to be a 0-100 to 100 push in a span of three hours on Monday night where people who wanted to count out Lamar Jackson, then they actually see what he did to the Rams, and now he's their National, League's most, National Football League's most valuable player. To me, it was funny. It was crazy. It was ridiculous to see how quickly people turn for one or after one primetime game well yeah i mean the, the narrative certainly changed on lamar jackson i mean you had a lot of people who took him to task in the run-up to the draft coming around on him uh, i do believe what the monday night performance did it's the first time that maybe some people have seen him in a national game uh some of the games that the ravens have played have been more regional they haven't been national nationally televised games so to see him on monday with all eyes on him that kind of fuels some of the conversation. I also believe with more information, um, 
you kind of get a better perspective on who a player may be and who he is. And I think what we've seen is he leads the league in touchdowns responsible for in terms of his rushing touchdowns and his passing touchdowns. Uh, We're talking about a guy who in the first two seasons he has over 3,000 passing yards and 1,500 rushing yards. We're seeing um, a player who is on pace to rush for 1,200 rushing yards this season and to go with the amount of touchdown passes that he's thrown and the way that he has looked while kind of engineering this, I guess, old-school offense, I think that's why we're seeing so much praise heaped in his direction. I find the whole conversation somewhat funny for the simple fact of, I I think it's a complete... It's a complete performance by the Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. where you put Lamar Jackson in the situation to succeed and for them to find ways to do that. The five touchdown passes that he threw, Bucky, I think they were on the same route. Like there was just, I mean, it was, I mean, yeah, right? I think, I think look, I, I, know, I know you're a Seattle Seahawks fan. And I know you're okay. Russell Wilson homer. <laughs> However, at some point, you're going to have to give him his due, like the five touchdowns no, I have. the five touchdowns. However they were derived, however they came up with him, he threw five touchdown passes in a game. I agree with Second you. Second time this year. I, I I agree with that. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being on the hating train. And I, I didn't say you were hating. I, I just said you're a homer for Russell Wilson. <laughs> I he just, serves two interests. He serves your so, Seahawks fandom and your Badgerdom. It, it was so, it was so, it was so quickly. It was, he just just moves so quickly to the front of the line for those that wanted to count him out. And mm-hmm. that's where that to me is that to me is the fake stuff because that means for you sure. haven't you haven't paid attention in the first no, and, 11 and, weeks of the season. And to be honest, like that same crowd is also waiting for him to have a bad game so they can be like I told you so. So, it's one of those things. I think the big thing that I get from Lamar Jackson in the entire process we're going to have to open up our minds to different style quarterbacks potentially being able to have success in the league. Absolutely. And I, I believe that one million percent. I don't think when we look at a quarterback, and that's it's of ranking, and I'll use this, see if this fits, because I'm gonna try to I'm going to try to relate it to a real world scenario. Mm. You've got someone who builds houses. Mm-hmm. They build mansions. Mm. They build six bedroom, five bath bath homes big homes going for seven digits out here in Southern California. Mm-hmm. They are the marquee home builder. Yep. And then you've got another home builder who does a show on, you know, do it yourself network mm. that can build a home on like 50 square feet, you mm-hmm. know, like one of those little, really little small homes. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm exaggerating. I've seen, I've seen tiny yeah, houses. Yeah. Tiny houses. Perfect. Who's really the better home builder. Okay. The guy who has the, the, the ability to build the home of six bedrooms and the five bathrooms on a on a huge yard with a great view, or the the builder who can figure out how to make a home work in a small amount and make it livable. They're both home builders. Mm-hmm. That's how I view quarterbacks in the National Football League. Okay, that that it's not you can't judge them the same way. And maybe what one does with less. It makes that person better than what someone else does. It's just it's or or what style they do it in. And like I look at Lamar Jackson, there's no other style in the National Football League that is like what the Ravens are doing. So to sit there and compare him like that was done in the first eleven weeks of the season to a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady, it's it's not fair for the simple fact that they're not doing the same things, right? Like like the Ravens' yeah, but, view and vision is different than what the Packers is or the Patriots or right, Chiefs. But, but for so long, the Ravens' view or their utilization of the quarterback, the way they're utilizing uh, Lamar Jackson, that was always the minority view. People couldn't understand that. People couldn't give people credit for playing in an unorthodox way. Well, now you're seeing more conversation because actually I think what is interesting the guy that we're going to watch in a few minutes, Josh Allen, he plays the game in a way that is similar to Lamar Jackson. He's They're not the same talents. But the greatest strength or the greatest quality of Josh Allen is not necessarily his throwing. It's the added yards that he brings as a runner. And so what we're now beginning to um, need to do is add another column uh, or another category to the evaluation, which when we talk about touchdowns responsible for, or total yardage, meaning combine their rushing and passing yards um, and let that be the evaluation in terms of how they impact the game. 
And with Josh Allen, we're seeing him impact the game, much like Lamar Jackson impacts the game. Their legs are valuable assets, and you have to allow them to play the game in that manner to be able to get it done. By the way, you mentioned Josh Allen and the Bills and comparing them to the Ravens. The Bills, with their targets, I mean, this is not meant to be a knock on Willie Sneed or Hollywood Brown is making his debut, but it's not like that there are tons of guys with veteran experience around Lamar Jackson. I mean, Mark Andrews, you know, mm-hmm. one of his favorite target, you know, targets, young yeah. tight end, Hayden Hurst, the same thing. At least in Buffalo, you've got Cole Beasley and John Brown, who he seemed to come and develop some sort of rapport with. I even maybe give more of a tip of the cap to Lamar Jackson for the lack of weapons, considering that are around him. Well, yeah, I just think it's different. I think we have to look at those things differently. I think when you look at the way the Baltimore Ravens are built, they are um, built kind of differently in terms of O-line, Lamar Jackson, physical running backs, defense, Um, and that's been a priority. I don't know if you will ever get a marquee wide receiver to play in Baltimore as a free agent. Now, you can draft those guys, which is what Hollywood Brown was. He was a draft pick. He was a first-rounder, so you get your talent in the draft, and who knows what, what will happen in three or four years when his deal is up. Does he resign there or does he want to go somewhere where he can touch the ball maybe more? I think the big thing um, in the Lamar Jackson uh, conversation that really needs to be discussed is not necessarily the talents and all of those things. The intangibles are what strike me from Lamar Jackson. I think if anyone watched the postgame press conference, um, the way he uses we and us and not I and me, he is a guy who really, really is about the team. They asked him about the MVP. He said, I don't care. I want to win Super Bowls. I'm trying to win rings, those things. I think when we look at quarterbacks, so much of it is the physical. We look at the arm strength and all those other things. I think we have to spend more time trying to get to know the guy and what makes him tick and how will others respond to his type of leadership because when I look at the Ravens I feel like everyone is all in on Lamar Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search FSR to listen live the uh, Chicago Bears got a win over the Detroit Lions 24-20 to Mitchell Trubisky threw three touchdown passes. He also threw nine completions to Anthony Miller, who had a game-high 140 yards. And on this Thanksgiving day, Anthony Miller joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Anthony, Bucky Brooks is with me. I'm Dan Byer. Happy Thanksgiving. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. I'm doing well. What kind of week is this? I mean, how different is this from a normal Thursday night sort of week when you guys have to kick off basically uh, right after uh, 1230 Eastern time? Was the the Thanksgiving Day schedule uh, affect you guys at all in preparing for the Lions today? Uh, Well, we did this last year. So uh, the majority of guys on the team know how this goes. Um, You know, we know how to prepare. And um, I believe we just handled everything perfectly today. You know, in, in thinking about the situation, you guys obviously are still holding out hopes for the playoffs. What kind of urgency exists in that locker room knowing that each and every game really, really matters down the stretch? Yeah, man. Uh, I've said this a million times. Every game matters. We, we play with our backs against the wall. You know, uh, basically it's a win and go home for us. Uh, and, you know, we've we just been focused on, you know, uh, all the details and getting everything right and, um, you know, just, just trying to make it, man, stack these Ws. Anthony Miller had a game-high 140 yards for the Bears in their win over the Lions today. He joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Mitchell Trubisky has gotten criticism this year. How much as a receiving group and as a receiver do you guys try to take that pressure off? What are the things that you guys try to do to help out your quarterback as he's been under the microscope? Man, we just got to take advantage of every opportunity given to us. You know, um, you know, the ball hits our hands, we got to catch it, you know. Um, I feel like I had a terrible first half. I think I had a drop um, and a couple other uh, small issues. But, you know, I feel like I'm way better as a player and um, some of the other guys that may have made a mistake. But, uh, you know, we pulled together as a team and uh, got the build. You know, and, and thinking about this, because you guys have been under the microscope, there has been so much outside conversation about the Chicago Bears and the quarterback. How are you guys able to maintain your focus and really focus on the main thing, which is playing your best ball down the stretch? Uh, we just believe in ourselves and we believe in our scheme and what each other can do. And, um, you know, we just don't let the outside, you know, pressure us into playing uh, like a team that we're not. 
Um, I feel like we're a great team. We can compete with anybody. And, um, you know, we just got to prepare for Dallas next week. Anthony Miller joining us here. So what are the plans now? Do you get home? Do you have Thanksgiving dinner tonight? Are you doing Black Friday shopping tomorrow now that you've played the early game? What's the next 24 to 48 hours like for Anthony Miller? Well, I'm, I'm definitely getting home and going to get some rest and getting something to eat, man. But uh, uh, it's back to work Saturday, I believe, um, because we got a short week. You know, Thursday got another Thursday game. So, um, you know, we just got to handle things accordingly. All right, Anthony Miller, we'll let you go and start your Thanksgiving break. Appreciate it. Great game today. Congratulations on the win, and good luck a week from the day against them, Cowboys. All right, man. Thank you. Anthony Miller of the Chicago Bears. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. 
As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Rams uh, had a quite a difficult Thanksgiving week, and it had nothing to do with travel. They were at home Monday, and it was the team that traveled to the Coliseum to take out the Baltimore Ravens. Now, this Rams team right now still has a chance to make the postseason, but they're on the outside looking in of this playoff picture. So let's just say that things stay status quo, and the Rams don't make it to the postseason after going to Super Bowl 53 and losing to the New England Patriots. We talked a little bit earlier about maybe teams not trying to draft the next Sean McVay, maybe they'll look into veteran coaches. You said that you think that there could be a comeback of guys who had previous head coaching jobs and and turning over. So what do we learn from the Rams? I mean, the Rams seem to be the team that everybody learns from or tries to learn from or tries to do things, whether the way they did it or not the way that they did it. When you look at the Rams, what can we learn from what happened to that team in the the span of about nine or ten months? The Rams are a a great example of you always have to start over each and every year. And I think for the Rams, because they had the Super Bowl success and they they went to the Super Bowl, even though they came up short, I believe they felt like that they would start the season right back in the NFC Championship game or playing the Super Bowl all over. And each and every year, your team is really like a snowflake. Like they always kind of evolve and emerge over time. And I think what has happened Sean McVay hasn't evolved as the rest of the league has begun to catch up with the rant, the way the Rams operate and go about their business, not only on offense, but on defense. And so for what we celebrated him for two years as boy wonder, the genius, the offensive wizard, the guru, he now is facing his biggest challenge. And surprisingly, he hasn't had any answers. And so I think that's the biggest takeaway for me. If, you're an offensive guru. You always have to continue to evolve. You always have to find a way to challenge yourself to stay one step ahead of the posse. Right now, the league is caught up to the way the Rams operate on offense, and we're waiting on Sean McVay to counter the move that we've seen the league do with him. What are his options? And the reason that I, I, I say it say it that way is because I look at the Rams as a team that changed their offensive line where when they invest – I mean – when they brought in Andrew Whitworth, it wasn't like he was young then anyway. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a point where you end up moving on from him. You knew that Indomitian Sue probably wasn't going to be there a long time. Akib Talib was older when you brought him on. So these moves that they make to go all in are also moves that that whether they worked out or didn't work out, the point is, is the shelf life of those moves were only going to be so long and maybe they were a bit shorter. But so if those things don't work out and now maybe Jared Goff isn't progressing as you would have hoped, what does he do? Well, a couple of things like those moves actually, in my estimation, they did work out because they made it to the Super Bowl. They just lost to a better team, a team that played better on that night. Um, I think the bigger thing was what was the backup plan to win those guys moved on what was the backup plan to when they lost a couple of linemen on the offensive line Roger Saffold signing a free agent deal um, Sullivan retiring did they have the right replacements because really a lot of their issues stem from the fact stem from the fact that they are no longer dominant at the line of scrimmage when they were at their best for two years their offensive line dominated they were one of the best stretch outside zone teams that we could find they ran the misdirection action behind of it but Man, Ty Gurley was getting five and six yards a clip running outside zone. Jerry Goff was protected. They were throwing off play action, and everything was working. Well, as that foundation shows cracks and that offensive line isn't able to move people off the ball, we now see that, man, Jerry Goff doesn't look the same. Ty Gurley doesn't look the same. Sean McVay's plays don't have the same result. So Sean McVay has to fix the offensive line, and then he has to add the icing to the cake when it comes to the misdirection and deception that really gave people a lot of problems. What I find interesting, and and I agree with you, like they they got to the point. Their actual all in play was successful, but now when you see the drop off, and the crazy thing is, is the what the Rams are sitting there. They're sitting there at six and five. If you're in the AFC, you're in the thick of things. You're you're sitting there hanging out. Hey, we're in the playoff picture. We're able to. We're we're tied with three other teams. It's the fact that this year's NFC 
is so stacked with the NFC North having two really good teams and the Rams' own division of having really two good teams that they're on the outside looking in. So I do think some of it is maybe uh, misconstrued a little for for just the they're six and five. You know, I mean, they they do have a win over the Saints. I know it was a game that Drew Brees was knocked out of. It's just not what you're used to normally seeing and because of the landscape of the NSC that they're out they're on their way out looking in. But I think the the Jared Goff contract was one that was a huge topic this week. The Todd Gurley contract now is a huge topic where you're wondering if teams end up all right now are they going to have second thoughts and paying their running backs? I don't think other teams in the NFL, Bucky, should take exactly what the Rams did and say, okay, well we can't do that. But you have to look at the situation. The Rams tried to take a couple of mid-round picks to replace those veteran offensive linemen, mm-hmm. and that didn't work out. So so maybe as the Rams are trying to figure out ways, or other teams are trying to figure out ways, you're saying to yourself, okay, well, we can't go cheap, or we can't just rely on a guy that we take in the fifth round and hopefully that we can plug him in. I think those are the lessons that teams are going to have to learn when following the Rams. Yeah, I, I think all of that is in play, and I think they are under the scope in terms of their team-building mythology. The fact that they paid a lot of money to only a handful of guys. Um, Brandon Cooks, Todd Gurley, Jared Goff, uh, Aaron Donald has gotten paid. Jalen Ramsey will be next up. Um, They're paying these guys top five money. And you now wonder, can you sustain a team when you have so much money tied into so few players? And so with the money tied up in those players and without first-round picks, their front office is kind of putting themselves – in a corner where they're going to have to really hit on their draft picks outside of the first round, and it's just hard to do. And so there are a lot of teams that not necessarily are hoping for them to fail, but there are a lot of I told you so's waiting to see the Rams falter under the approach that they elected to use. Well, you, you're you not a big draft pick believer at the top of the draft, right? I mean, I, mean, I am. I mean, I think, like, obviously if you, you, you can get good players, but I am more of the mindset – if if I know what a player is, I'll take a known commodity over the mystery. Um, I, I would rather have something that I know rather than wait for what's behind door number two or door number three. So they don't have their two first round picks because of the Jalen Ramsey trade. Mm-hmm. So it's important that they resign Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, it's very important that they do. But I'm not sure if the Rams valued those first round picks as much. And, as- and I think I think there's I think some people overvalue first round picks because. Um, when you go back and you really look at this league, this league is a first-round league. But then if you go back and we had to quiz you on some of the first-rounders that were drafted three, four years ago, you'll probably be surprised at the names that at the time we were so hot and heavy and smitten about. Um, I think each case um, has to be evaluated on an individual basis. But uh, if you let me have the opportunity to get a blue-chip player that I've seen perform in the league, I will take that over an unknown uh, more times than not in the draft. Seahawks haven't struck gold on a first round pick since Earl Thomas, so I've been waiting for a long time. They mm-hmm. they even care less. I mean, of of, of teams, I, I it's it's just it's unique. Like I I tip the cap to the Rams for their plan actually following through. It's just now that reality is here. It's you're like. Okay, all right. That balloon payment for you know a mortgage. All of a sudden, oh, you never thought that time would come for the Rams. You're like, all right, well, that time is going to come way down the line, and all of a sudden, that time has arrived maybe a little sooner. I think that's what's got the uh, the Rams folks uh, just scratching their head a little bit. The good thing is, in the fight for LA right now, the battle with the Chargers doesn't seem to be like a battle at all. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Bucky, when you we usually team up to together it's not on a consistent basis but it's you know time and again we get together and there is a tradition of a of a game that that we like to play and uh, i've kind of decided this this game will be retired uh when the calendar turns to 2020 Okay, mm. this 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 it's going to be retired. Really? Yes. You know what, you I, know I what I'm talking believe, about? I don't believe I don't believe you can retire because the game will you be love it. the game will be so done because the game is called Brooks and Done, and yeah. it wasn't. We've done this for about a year and a half. Yeah. 
Bucky didn't realize that the group was named Brooks and Dunn. It's the only reason we play this song. Bucky Brooks <laughs> will tell us who is done in the NFL with Boot Scootin' Boogie behind us. Boots Song's about boogie. three and a half minutes, maybe max, so I better get to some of the scenarios. Yeah. Bucky's going to tell us if their season is done or not, or maybe even more than that. All right, the Chicago Bears get a win today. Improved to 6-6 six and six in the NFL. Done. They are done. There's going to be no playoff for the Chicago no. Bears. All done. Bye-bye. All right. They're 6-6. Six and six. The Rams, we talked about a little while earlier, they are 6-5. and five. Are the Rams Ooh. done in 2019? Yeah, done That's Bye-bye. John Ramos's team. Adios. Don't, don't ruin Adios. this Thanksgiving. Adios. It, mm, that's, that's, that's tough to hear. That's, that's Is very, it? Well, for John, I mean, he yeah. brought a Thanksgiving meal. You've had three helpings of the vegetable <laughs> stuffing. Yes. <laughs> Give me at least one more game there, Bucky, yeah. for that. Yeah. Help full of food. Yeah. I'll give you one more game, but then it's done. What about the five and six Panthers? I mean, heck, if we're killing the Bears and Rams, we might as well kill the Panthers, right? Yeah, they they, they put, a, put a fork in them. Saints, by the way, can clinch the division this week. That, that's, already. Yes, already. And the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, they're five and six behind the Dallas Cowboys in the standings. Uh, by the way, Stephen Hauschka just missed a field goal that would have given the Bills the lead. So the Cowboys have the turnover, but get no points. No points. Are the Eagles done at five and six? Yes, they're done. Oh, really? Yeah. Not, a, but but they could make the playoffs. Or do you think Dallas is going to? I win think the Dallas division? is going to win a division. Okay. And I don't believe the Philadelphia Eagles are going to make the playoffs. All right. I, I know they have an easy schedule, but I believe they're done. Now things are a little bit more. I don't know, conflicting, confusing really? in the AFC. Mm. The Jets are four and seven. Bye. <laughs> no, wait a second. What are we doing? You can't done them that soon. They've got they've got the Bengals mm-hmm. and the Dolphins in their next two weeks. Then they have the Ravens, Steelers, and Bills. They're only two games out of the wild card picture, but at four and seven, they're done. You say? So you think they can get to nine and seven? I'm just saying. I just don't know if I want to put a fork in them just yet. They have five games left. They have to get to nine and seven to get into the playoffs. You, well, you there's really two gonna, automatic wins. Run the table. Two automatic wins. The Bengals and Dolphins? Yeah. So you feel good about the Ravens, Bills? Well, not necessarily. Oh, okay. So not it sounds like you two want to be done, but you want to be nice. I just, I'm just putting them in the fridge. Maybe we'll uh, we'll throw them away later. Oh, what about, what yeah, about, what about the Cleveland Browns at five and six? Ooh, not, no, they're not done. They're still alive. Very much alive. Very much. Very much alive. All right. They found a winning formula. I'm curious if these six and five teams are more alive than the uh, Cleveland Browns. Mm. Pittsburgh Steelers, six and five. Doc Hodges, now the starting quarterback for Pittsburgh. Nah, unfortunately, I think this is Mike Tomlin's best coaching job, but I think he's going to result in a playoff absence. Why did it take so long for people to realize that Mason Rudolph stinks? I mean, you know, I don't know. Like He just kind of slid under the radar, but then we got a chance to watch him in back-to-back Big games, and he was bad. Yeah, even before the Miles Garrett situation, he was bad. He th- threw four interceptions that game, and he was bad. Fumbled. Yeah, the very, very difficult. And I thought Devlin Hodges did fine. Chargers game, they ended yeah, up. Yeah, Duck, Duck Hodges. Yeah. All right. What about another six and five team? The Oakland Raiders, your team. The well, not your team, but you like to say the Raiders. Yeah, I do. I mean, I get excited. You even sound. You sound like you want to jump on board. That you want to wear black. I come on. Oh, no. we can get you. They're an old Seahawks there. rival. It's still yeah, any of the AFC on. West come is on. still. Uh, come on. If it was but, Tech Mobile, you would play Marcus Allen no, and Bo you, Jackson. You know what I would say? What? I think that the Raiders of all these of all these potential wild card teams of getting mm-hmm. the last spot could give the Patriots. The Raiders could give the Patriots a game. They can't stop anybody. <laughs> Hey, Josh Jacobs running uh, that football. I mean, I like, I like them running the ball, but no. no I, I, mm. I'm not saying they beat them. I'm just saying mm. matching up-wise. I don't know if they get in. Because there's, about, a, there's a team There's a team in the AFC South that I think is better than. Okay. What about the Tennessee Titans? That's the team. Ooh. That's the team. They That's are the not team. done. That's the team that I, would, that I would take to the bank and say they're going to get to the playoffs. I don't even know what their schedule looks like. I just know that Ryan Tannehill is playing great. Derrick Henry is running the ball well, and their defense is really, really playing well. They are the team that they could backdoor into the tournament, and they could be a very, very, very tough out. Colts, Raiders, Texans, Saints, and Texans again on the uh, Titans ledger. Well, they control their own destiny. All right, one more 6-5 and five squad, the Indianapolis Colts. Are they 
Done or there's still hope for the Colts? There's still hope for the Colts. I won't say they're done. There's still hope for the Colts. Bad news for them. T.Y. Hilton had a setback. He is not going to play in week 13. Mm. All right, final one. Final one that's going to end on a player. They got the win today. He threw three touchdowns in the victory. But is Mitchell Trubisky's time after this season done for the Chicago Bears? No, it's not done because the GM loves him and loving eyes can never see. That's why he'll continue to be the starting quarterback in Chicago for the next year. Are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure. Are you positive? Positive. Mitchell Trubisky is not done is not what done. you're saying. Not done. All right, Bears fans, you heard it there first. Brooks and Dunn on this Thanksgiving edition. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.